This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. What I'd like to uh, talk about a little bit this morning is blessed, okay? And that might sound like a, well, it's just a nice, uh, God bless you kind of thing, but there is so much packed into that word there, blessed. And uh, there's an old song we used to do many, 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 many years ago, and it went like this. I'm blessed, and I know that I am since Jesus took control of my wife. Oh, wait a minute, that's not it. Hold it, let's see. I'm blessed and I know that I am since Jesus took control of my life. I'm blessed and I know that I am and he's promised me a new life. Well, I'm blessed and he walks with me and he keeps me wherever I go. If you should happen to ask me, how are you, my friend? I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Now, how are you, my friend? You're starting to catch on. Can y'all see the words up there? Well, let's try it one more time, and let me hear you. I know it's hard to hear through the mask, okay? So you got to let it rip a little bit more. I'm blessed, and I know that I am since Jesus took control of my life. I'm blessed, and I know that I am, and he's promised me a new life. I'm blessed. And he walks with me, and he keeps me wherever I go. If you should happen to ask me, how are you, my friend? I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And we need not to be apologetic to say that we're blessed. The Bible says, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And he tells us, you know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And we need to speak the truth. And I am blessed. And I know I'm blessed. And we need to be bold at that. And when someone today or tomorrow says, how are you doing, my friend? And our response should be, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And as we go into God's word, there is so much he has to say about blessings as he kind of unwraps that for us. Well, hopefully we'll begin to discover that. <clears throat> but listen to what it says. This is a powerful passage. Uh, this is worth reading when I was reading it the other day, I was just like, oh, this is so fantastic. I'm just hooting and hollering in my house as I'm studying. I'm just getting excited about all the passages I'm discovering. I'm reading them again for the first time, you know. But listen to what it says. And this out of the Message Bible, I really like the way it words it. It says in Psalms 34, <clears throat> verse 6 through 10, it says, when I was desperate, has anybody here ever been desperate? So you understand what he's talking about. The psalmist says, when I was desperate, I called out and God got me out of a tight spot. Has God ever got you out of a tight spot? Well, I'm going to tell you, when you get in a tight spot, say, oh, I'm going to get out of this. You call upon him. When I was desperate, I called out and God got me out of a tight spot. This is so important here. God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us. That's not the important part yet. While we pray. You're praying and God's angel sets up a protection and camps around about us while we pray. You stop praying, you're kind of on your own. I like the idea of God setting up a protection, a circle of protection around about us while we pray. God's angel sets up a circle of protection, you know, around us while we pray. Hmm. That's where the power comes in when we begin to pray. There's a circle of protection. The angels are, are around about us. And then it goes on to say, open your mouth and taste. Oh. And open your eyes and see how good God is. Now, he is fantastic. He'll meet your every need. Did you know that? Now, I'm going to tell you something. You know, some of you probably don't care for this. But you know I'm an old country boy, right? And when we went to the grocery store when I was a younger person, you know, we often just took our fishing pole. 
And that was the grocery store, you know. And we took our bow and arrows and things like that. That was the grocery store. So Susan and I haven't done too much in-store shopping in the last several months. We grew a garden, and we ate really good out of the garden, did we not? Still are, as a matter of fact. But we did go to a store one day, and she said, Ronnie, you're going to have to get us a deer. Look at the price of this meat here, you know. And uh, so I said, okay. And uh, because I hadn't really been hunting or anything or fishing or nothing, you know. We've been doing what we needed to do during this time. And then we tended our garden using the evening time after it got cool and we'd use some lights out there occasionally. So this past, uh, one of the days this past week, Thursday, we got home, got home early. It wasn't that late. It was around 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I said, you know what, maybe I'll just go out there in the woods up on the mountain up there, you know, to the grocery store, you know. And I, was, I could have very easily been talked out of. I had a lot of stuff to do. She said, you ought to go on a fair. Because that's how our kids grew up eating venison, you know, nice organic meat. You know, and anyhow, we went up there and I was able to harvest a deer. You know, it was eight point, but you can't eat the antlers. You know that, right? You know, so that's not what we're looking for. But it was a 250 pound deer. That was, if you know anything about it, that's massive. And I was told that I probably shouldn't show the picture here because sometimes people see something like that and they shut it down when you're streaming it live. So for those who have the courage, you know, they want to see what the deer look like. I'll have some pictures up here on the stage afterwards if you want to see them. But it's not about that. It's about God blessed us. We ask him to bless us. We ask him to bless our garden, and he did. And we ask him to bless us. This is the way I grew up. You, you go to the, the river, to the lake, you go to the woods, and that was the same as most people up here go to the grocery store. And he just blessed our socks off along that line. He really did. We did pray. And we have been praying and thanking him since then. And Susan and I, she came out there, went up there on the mountain with me. And it was all both of us could do. I tied a rope around his horns, around my waist, grabbed an antler. She grabbed an antler. And it was all we could do to even drag the rascal. You know, I'm telling you. You know, if you see the picture, you go... I didn't know a deer got that big, you know. And, but, you know, God had a special one waiting for us. And, and Sandy, in our connections ministry, she made Susan these meat. I mean, Susan, these last week. She's got deer on them, you know. So I'm thinking, I should have wore this to the woods. You know, they think I'm a whole herd, you know, coming after up there or something or another. But anyhow, when we're talking about blessed, I don't know how you see it, but it's like, you know what? 250-pound deer, that was a blessing from Almighty God. And, and us country kind of folk, we understand that. We really do. Anyhow, uh, where did I stop? Verse 8, yeah. open your mouth and taste and open your eyes and see how good God is. And he, he's provided us fresh organic vegetables and fresh organic meat that will take care of us and our family for some time to come. And then listen to what he says. He says, Blessed are you who run to him. Do you, do you run to God? Or do we only run to God after there ain't no other source to help us? Or do you run to him first? Blessed are you who run to him, you know? And then he says, Listen to this. This is such a powerful passage. He says, Worship God if you want the best. Do, you, do y'all want the best? Yes. You want the best answer you can possibly get when you're praying for a loved one, for healing or for salvation or, or whatever the promises of God has told you? And he says, worship God if you want the best. Worship him. It's what he's talking about. And when you begin to pray, his angels circle round about you for protection. You stop praying, no protection. You stop worshiping, you don't have the best. Really, those are keys that unlocks the blessings of Almighty God so they flow to you when you pray and when you worship him if you want the best. And he goes on to say, worship opens doors to have 
have? Well, what percentage is all? Worship opens doors to all his goodness, to all his blessings. Worship unlocks all the doors. Everything that God has promised us is being unlocked when we worship him. And worship is my heart responding to God's heart. I love him and I'm so thankful and I praise him and, and I tell him often I have a relationship, not just rules and regulations and religious, you know, stuff like that, but I'm talking about a relationship with the almighty God. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. And if you want the best, worship God. That's what he's telling us. Then he goes on to say in verse 10, young lions on the prowl, they get hungry. <laughs> but God seekers, I consider myself a God seeker. Hopefully you do too. But God seekers are full of God and will lack nothing. God seekers, men and women who are seeking God. So what he's telling us right here are full of God and, and you'll lack nothing. If you study that passage out, that's what it's saying. Another familiar passage, but let me read it to you out of the Amplified Bible in Matthew 6, 33. It says, but first, and you understand first. First, that's talking about uh, this here is my primary, uno one, you know, this here is my primary concern. That, that's the first. It says, but first, and listen to these two words, but first and most importantly, I mean, we're talking about the main thing and we got to keep the main thing, the main thing because the enemy of our soul tries to distract us. So we're no longer focused on the main thing, you know, and he says here, but first and most importantly, seek, aim at, you know, when you pull up your bow, you want to aim at the target, at the bullseye. But he says here, but first and most importantly, seek, aim at, and strive after his kingdom. And let me tell you where the kingdom of God is. That's where the king's at. You fall in love with Jesus, have a relationship with him, kingdom's not too far away because the king and his kingdom go together. But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. His righteousness. That's talking about having a relationship. You've been cleansed, you've been forgiven, you've been pardoned, and you have a relationship, and you work at maintaining the relationship you have with Jesus. You know, and pray and, and, and worship, you know. Uh, and Jesus is the one who actually says when it comes to seeking me or seeking your needs and, and blessings, he said, just tell my father, tell him I sent you. That's what Jesus says about prayer. When you're asking for a need to be met, Jesus, this is right there in the Bible, look in the book of John, Jesus says, don't ask me. Worship him and praise him? Yeah. But Jesus says, when you need something, how do you, how do you teach the uh, disciples to pray? Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And Jesus in the book of John, he says, don't ask me for anything, but you go to the Father with my credit card. He says, you go to the Father in my name and he'll take care of your needs. According to his riches and glory. That's, that's what the Bible tells us. Anyhow, it says, aim at, strive after uh, his, his uh, kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. The attitude and character of God. Make him number one in your life is talking about. And, and it says, and then all, and what percentage is all? And all these things, all the things that you need, food, you, you, you need shelter, you, you need clothing, whatever else you need. He says, and all these things will be given to you also. When you have made God first and, and you, you've made his kingdom first, the most important thing in your life, it says, and then all these things will be given. You're not having to struggle to get, to get, to get, to get, but these things just sneak up behind you. They're looking for you. The blessings of Almighty God are chasing you down. Like the Bible says in Psalms 23, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and they'll catch up with me. And that's what he wants us to understand, his heart and his attitude. Anyhow, it says in Genesis chapter 12, 
verse 1, it says, The Lord told Abram, Leave your country, your relatives, and your father's house, and go to the land that I will show you. Now here, this whole thing here is, uh, in relationship to God, would you consider as a believer, are you very obedient to God? And if you was, well, I think so. What percentage would you say your obedience to God is? Now let's look again here at Abram. It says, then the Lord told Abram, leave your country, your relatives and your father's house and go to the land that I will show you. I will cause you to become the father of a great nation and I will bless you and I will make you famous and I will make you, what did he say? A blessing to others. Let me tell you something. That's why God blesses you. So you can become a blessing to others. It doesn't just like we create a dam and all the blessings stop with me. He says to Abram here, he says, I will make you a blessing to others. I will bless you and make you famous and I will make you a blessing to others. And that's the real deal here. God blesses us. So we will be a blessing to others in his name. That's what he's talking about. Verse 3 says, I will bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. And all the families of the earth, all of them, 100% of them, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Will you let God bless other people through you? Through your time, your energy, your resources, will you allow God to bless other people through your life? You know? That was the question. Would you start today if you haven't done it before, you know? Will we obey what he says and, and receive his blessing so we can be a blessing to other people? That's one of the things he's telling us right here. Genesis chapter 22, verse 17, I'm sorry, verse 16, it says, this is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me, God speak, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld, you know, let's say that word together, withheld, have not withheld, he says, have not withheld because you have obeyed me and not withheld, and the word withheld means to refuse me, to hold back, to keep for yourself. He says here, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son. So about Abraham. You remember Abraham, how he offered Isaac up on top of the mountain because God told him to? He spared his life and worked a miracle through all that, and we understood the Lamb of God better because of all that stuff. But, but he's, he's saying, you know, because you've obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son. God didn't withhold his son, did he, for us? He did not withhold his own son. He sent his son into this world. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, so whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And he says here, this is so good, I just got to read it again. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son. How many of y'all know, know that God swears? What did he say? God swears. Listen to what he says. God says, I swear. I swear by my own self, because there is none greater. I will bless you, how? Richly. Richly. And then he goes and tells Ephraim, I'm going to give you kids as, as many as the stars are in the heavens, as many as the sands are on the sea, and, and my blessings are going to flow to you and out to your children to the planet, you know. And verse 18 goes on to say, and through your descendants, Abram, all. It's 100%. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth. That's talking about this earth we live on right now. And all the nations right now are having some desperate times. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Oh, wow. Why? 
Because you have obeyed me. Because you have obeyed me. They're going to be blessed. All the nations of the, the earth are going to be blessed. All because you obeyed me. Luke chapter 11, verse 27. It says, as he was speaking, Jesus was speaking, as he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother. In the womb from which you came and the breath that nursed you. You know, there's a woman stood up in the, their service and she was excited about Jesus, but God bless that woman. You know, she, she gave birth as a, as a virgin, you know, all the harassment she must have took. God bless what she did for you. And Jesus did not deny that, but listen to what he said. He, Jesus replied, but even more blessed, even more blessed than Mary. Jesus said, yeah, yeah my mama is blessed. But even more blessed than my mama is what Jesus is saying. But even more blessed than my mama are all. 100%. That's what I'm talking about. 100% more blessed are all. And, and, and that all includes everybody in this room and all you guys who are watching online. But even more blessed are all who hear the word. Whoops, I got ahead of myself, didn't I? No, I didn't. He replied, but even more blessed are all, including us, who hear what? The word of God. And what's the rest of it say? You apply it. You put it into practice. You, you don't just read it to read it. You read it to do it. Every part of it is a promise that brings and attracts a great blessing, and God has given us so many keys and unlocked so many blessings that will come our way. Now, I got to read you a little passage here. This was not my first choice, but this is this is keys to the blessings of Almighty God, and we need to hear these keys because it unlocks the blessings of God in a way that nothing else will. And He says here in the Book of Malachi. Chapter 3, verse 8, it says, should people cheat God? How many of you have ever been cheated before? How does it feel to be cheated? Not so good. I mean, the word cheat there, it means to be dishonest. It means to be corrupt. It means to deceit, you know, to con or to swindle. You know, Susan gets these things on her phone all the time, and people are promising her the world. All she has to do is fill out a thing and, which includes her social security number and her credit card number. And then and they'll send her all kinds of thousands of dollars of stuff. Y'all think she should take advantage of that? No. Uh, you could read right through that thing. That's a swindle right there. That's somebody being dishonest, you know. They're not wanting to give you something. They want to take something away from you. Well, anyhow, the Bible says, should people cheat God? And, and then God's word, it declares back in those days, and it's probably relevant today, it says, but you've cheated me. You, you've refused me. You, you've held back from me. You've kept something for yourself. But you ask, well, what do you mean? When did we ever, when did we ever cheat you? And he says, you've cheated me of tithes. That's a tenth of what God gives us. So we can partner with him. He gives us the part that we can partner with. You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due. And the word due, have you ever had a letter that says past due? Ooh. This is past due. You better pay your electric bill or you ain't going to have no electricity next week, you know. But it says you have cheated me of tithes and offerings due to me. You've withheld them. Now, what happens if you withhold your taxes? You, you, you get a special Vacation, where all your food's taken care of, your recreation, everything's taken care of down the local jailhouse, right? What happens when you withhold your mortgage payment? Then you learn all about camping. <laughs> because the blessings, you know, have been blocked. The blessings for you. The blessings to live in the United States, our taxes is paid for our roads and our state parks and all kinds of wonderful things. But if you withhold, you don't unlock those blessings. And if you withhold your mortgage, you don't unlock those, unlock those blessings of living in that home anymore, you know. 
So we need to understand this. So, so cheating God, it blocks his blessings from flowing to us. So if you want to be blessed, now this is not a, a message trying to get you to give. No, sir, it's not that at all. God has made provisions and he'll continue to make provisions for his church. But if you want to be a part of that and access the blessings that he promises you, listen to what he goes on to say here, you know? And he wants us to, to give him our time and our energy and our resources. But it says in, in verse 9, you are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Now listen to what Proverbs 21, 5 says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts. Oh, uh, I just want to get involved in some of those get-rich-quick schemes, you know? I just want to get it really quick, you know? Have you ever tried a get-rich-quick scheme? Did it ever let you down? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who were silent. They just didn't want to say so, you know? But good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Hmm. Luke chapter 16, verse 10, Jesus said, unless you are faithful in what? In small matters, you won't be faithful in large ones. If you cheat even a little, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, your dollars and cents, who will trust to you true riches of heaven? God won't. These are keys that unlock the blessings of Almighty God, and he spells it out extremely clear. He really does. And the key to accessing the blessings of God that he has stored up for us is our faithfulness to all of his promises, not just tithing. That's just one of hundreds of promises. But the key that unlocks the blessings of Almighty God is being a man or a woman who's faithful to the promises of God and does and obeys what he asks us to do. That's just the truth of it. Well, as we wrap this part of the message up here, let me read you a couple more verses. And he says, bring half of the tithe, in verse 10. Oh, all. What percentage is that? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And listen, if, if you don't go to this church, it's not talking about you bringing it here, your local church. And God wants there to be local churches all around the planet, all around the nation, because how else will they, they move forward if they don't have people who support them? But he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That's their local church, so there'll be enough food in my temple. So God can bless your community with the gospel and, and meet their needs. The men and the women and the boys and girls can learn about the Savior, you know. And then he goes on to say, the first word he says, if you do, if you obey, if you do, says the Lord Almighty, I, God, this is saying this, I will open, I will unlock, that's what he says here, I will open the windows of heaven for you, and God says this, and I will pour out a blessing, that's what we're talking about, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. God says, if you do what I've asked you to do, he says, I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in and then God has the courage, the boldness and the confidence to say, try it and let me prove it to you. See, tithing is just a key to unlocking God's blessings. I believe because Susan and I are tithers, I believe our garden did well. I believe it did extremely well. And I, I believe because we're a tither that God blesses us and he sent us already packaged, you know, fresh. You don't get no, my meat don't get no fresher than that, you know, when it comes. And we just invited it into our freezer, you know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is those are little, little teeny tiny blessings. That's not the most important blessings. But those, every good thing that comes into our lives is a good thing that came from Almighty God. And God says, you try it, you prove it, put it to the test. And listen to what 11 says, verse 11 in the New King James Bible says, and I will rebuke the coronavirus for your sakes. That's what it says. He says, I will rebuke the devourer, the enemy of our soul, the liar, 
the devil. God says, when you do what I ask you to do, I will rebuke the devourer. Not that I'm going to send an angel to do it. God says, I will get away from my child. God says, I will rebuke the devourer. Oh, you're praying to him. He's got his angels surrounding you, but he gets out there and rebukes the devourer that comes after you. I'm blessed. Well, how are you today? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I am blessed. That's just the truth of it. Anyhow, he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, because I love you. And all nations, 100% of all the nations on the planet, all nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Well, let's go on now to the book of James. James chapter 1, verse 25 says, But if you keep looking, keep. I wonder what that word keep means. Continually do this. So if you keep looking, if you continue looking steadily into God's perfect law, his word, the law that sets you free, he says, and if you do what it says. Don't, don't think I'm just talking about tithing. I'm not. I'm talking about praying. I'm talking about praising. I'm talking about turning the other cheek. I'm talking about blessing those who curse you. I'm talking about, you know, all the promises and all the blessings of God where you and I become faithful to all the blessings of Almighty God. And he says, if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. When you obey him, he's going to bless you. That's just what he says. So when you ask me, well, how are you doing today, Pastor Ron? I am blessed. I'm blessed. And I'm blessed. And there's people who are asking me this. I mean, some of my peers in ministry, and they're like, how come you ain't retired yet? Well, I didn't make provisions for it, you know? I figure you just keep preaching as long as you can. What do you think? Is that okay? You know, so it's just like, why would we want to retire right now. I didn't just do this so I could have a soft landing somewhere, but I'm aiming to take as many men and women and boys and girls to heaven when we go. That's what I'm talking about. And you know something? I'm going to tell you, God has been so good to us. And next Sunday, Susan and I will have been in this building at Faith Living Church for 40 years. Okay? 40 years. Now, we planned, back before this virus came on, we planned we were going to have people who are pastoring churches all across the nation, involved in ministry. We are going to have people who started here come back in, do testimonies, and share what God's done in 40 years. But, you know, after the virus happened, it's like, you know what? It seemed more that that was almost bringing people in to talk about we've been here for 40 years instead of what God's done in 40 years. So it's like, you know what? That ain't that big to do to us, you know? So maybe when we've been here for 50 or 75 years, maybe we'll do something different. I don't know. But right now, we're just going to have a surface next week, you know? But I'm going to tell you, God has been faithful, and his greatest blessing to me outside of Jesus is my faithful wife. And he's allowed us to be in ministry together and so we can be more effective ministering to men and women and, and boys and girls. But he says here, and this is true, he says, if you do what God's perfect law, his word says, here in James, and don't forget what you heard, then, not before, but then God will bless you for doing it. Genesis chapter 39 verse 2 says, the Lord was with Joseph and blessed him, How? He blessed him greatly. Now, you do know that Joseph ended up being thrown down in a pit by his brothers. And you do know that they were going to kill him because they didn't like Joseph. He was kind of like daddy's pet, they thought. And there were some Egyptians, you know, slave traders going down to Egypt. And they said, hey, would you like to buy somebody for slavery? And they took some money, and they sold Joseph, and he became a slave in Egypt down there at Potiphar's house, you know? And it says here, the Lord was with Joseph. That's really important. The Lord was with him and blessed him greatly as he served in the home of his Egyptian master, 
Verse 3 says, Potiphar, he was a slave. But the Lord was with him and blessed him greatly, although he was a slave. So maybe you're in some difficult situations right now. Can God bless you in difficult situations? Absolutely. He surely blessed Joseph, and he was sold into slavery. His papa thought he was dead, killed by a wild animal. His brothers hated his guts. But it says that God blessed him how? Greatly as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this, that God had blessed him greatly. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in 50% of the things that he, what does it say? God gave him success in everything he did. And his master, the man who owned him, could put him to death tomorrow. Recognize, God has blessed you greatly in everything you touch. It succeeds. Everything you touch, it succeeds. I'm telling you, when you ask me how am I doing, don't matter what the weather, if it's raining or snowing, it's like, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I've been pardoned. I've been forgiven. My name has been written in the book of life. I am blessed. Not just because of a fleeting few little things that happen today or tomorrow, but just because all the promises of God are absolutely true. Joseph was not seeking treasures. Joseph was not seeking blessings. And Joseph was not seeking success. Although all those things came to him, he was seeking God. He was seeking his relationship with God. And that's what makes a difference. Um, Do you remember what... Potiphar's wife tried to do to Joseph. Not only was he successful in everything, he was a young, strong man, and she desired him, and she tried to seduce him to have an affair with her, and he would not do it. He kept his heart pure. He would not. Hey, you're a slave. You know, they can do what they want to do. He said, no, I'll not be unfaithful to my God. Anyhow, she falsely accused him, and Potiphar sent him off to the, to the prison down there, you know. But listen what it says here in Matthew 5, verse 8. It says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure. Do you want the blessings of God? Here's another key. There's a whole big old jangly thing of keys there. And here's another key. Keep a pure heart. If, if you miss it, if you sin, confess it right away to Almighty God and ask him to forgive you and ask him to help you not give in to those things anymore because he blesses the men and women with a pure heart. And you know what? He was down there in prison now. He was in a pit. He was sold into Potiphar's household as a servant. Potiphar said, man, God blesses you. Everything you touch, is just, it succeeds and all. But his wife also, and I think Potiphar knew the kind of woman he had married and so he had to honor her. He was in prison. And then, through a turn of events, God moved Joseph into the king's house. And he became the second most powerful man in all of Egypt. The only person more powerful than him was Pharaoh himself. Had God blessed him greatly? Absolutely. Our tendency is to look at circumstances, isn't it? Our tendency is to look at a virus, isn't it? Our, our circumstances are that surrounded us with the political chaos that goes up. Our tendency is to look at circumstances. But almighty God, if you'll pray, if, if you'll worship him, if you'll obey everything he says, he's going to bless everything that you do. He says he'll make you successful. That's just what the promise of, of almighty God says. This one says in Proverbs 16, 20. It says... Those who listen to instructions, that's God's word, will do what? Will prosper. James chapter 1, verse 25. We read that a few moments ago, but I want to read it again. He says in James 1, 25, but if you keep, you continue looking steadily into God's perfect law, read it, not just put it on the coffee table. He says, but if you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. You want your prayers answered when you're praying for your kids? 
absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. I want to succeed in my prayer life. I want God to hear my prayers and I want miracles to take place. I want people to get saved and I want people to come and know Christ. I want their needs to be met. And he tells us and we'll do what he says and don't forget what, you know, we heard God will bless you for doing it. John chapter 8 verse 31 says, and Jesus said to the people who believed in him. Y'all believe in Jesus? He says, Jesus said to the people who believe in him, you are truly my disciple if you keep obeying my teachings. Not just if you go to church occasionally, you read the Bible on Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter. He said, but you are truly my disciple. And that word means a follower. He says, if you keep continue looking steadily into God's perfect law, what do we find out about? It's a law that sets you free. Now, going back to John 8, it says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you keep obeying my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will do what? Set you free. I'm going to tell you something. Joseph was set free because he was in love with God. He did not compromise. He kept his heart pure and God set him free from being a prisoner, from being down in the prison itself to being second in command to all of Egypt. Life and death was in his hand. Millions of dollars was at his disposal because he didn't want all that stuff. He just wanted relationship with God. And he had a pure heart toward the almighty God. It's it's phenomenal, you know. So it says, uh, I'm just going to read this verse. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. But it's found in James chapter 1, verse 25. If I'd be all right with you if I read it once again. He says, but if. If is a big conditional word. But if you keep looking, if you continue looking steadily, you don't stop it. If you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Because you have become faithful to God and God will bless you. That's one of the keys that unlocks the blessings of Almighty God is being faithful to him and all he's promised. Deuteronomy 29 verse 9 says, Therefore, obey the terms of this covenant. Here's a fantastic covenant that God has given us. Therefore, obey the terms of this covenant so that you will prosper in... What percentage is everything? So that you will prosper in everything you do. Obey the terms of the covenant. You know, you love your kids. And God loves his. And he wants you to be blessed. Do you know why he wants you to be blessed? So you'll become a conduit. The blessings can flow through you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sneaking past that little invisible line there, aren't I? So you can become a blessing to other people. He wants to bless all the people on this planet. He wants them to know about Jesus. He wants us to tell people what Jesus has done for us. He wants us to be able to help them in their own times of need. He wants us to represent Christ fantastically. He really does. Now here in Luke, uh, chapter 1, verse 45, Elizabeth is talking to Mary. You know Mary, the mother of Jesus? And Elizabeth is a relative of Mary's. And listen to what happens. Elizabeth says to Mary, says, you are blessed. Mary, you're, you're a virgin. You're going to give birth to a baby. Everything, everybody thinks that you had an affair with someone. I know that's not true. You're a virgin. You're going to give birth to a baby. That's hard, difficult times to believe such a thing. So you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe the Lord's going to do what he said? Do you believe that God's going to meet your needs according to his riches and glory? Do you believe God's going to take care of you? Do you believe God's going to answer your prayers when you're praying for your kids and your grandkids and, and friends and family? Do you believe that God's going to do what he said? He said, if you'll ask, he said, all things are possible to those who believe. All things. Do, will we believe when we read his word that builds our faith? You know what I'm talking about. I don't know. Do you believe that? First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9, it says... There was a man named Jabez who was more distinguished than any of his brothers. And his mother named him Jabez. Have you ever thought about naming your kids Jabez? Don't, okay? 
because his birth had been so painful. You know what Jabez means? It means sorrow. It means grief. It means misery because his mama had a hard time delivering him. And she said, his name will be Jabez. As time progressed, all the kids in the neighborhood come and say, hey, can misery come out and play with us today? Hey, is sorrow home today? You know, it's grief there with you today. We just want to play with them. Can you imagine growing up with your name, Misery? That's what Jabez means, misery. He was called Misery. And you got to imagine that that has an impact upon a kid. It really does. It says in verse 10, he, Japheth, was the one who prayed to God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and extend my lands. Oh, God, bless me and extend my, my territory. Extend it, almighty God. I want you to bless me. He had only been known by the name of misery or grief or sorrow. And he said, God, would you extend my lands? Enlarge the, the borders of my territory. That's what Jabez was asking Almighty God to do. Why? Because he was not satisfied to remain the same. Are you satisfied to remain the same as you are today? I don't care if you're 10 years old or you're, you know, 95 years old. Are you satisfied? Well, I've already done everything I'm supposed to do in life. Now I'm just going to coast the rest of the way. You know what I learned about coasting? You can only coast downhill. You can't gain new ground coasting. Are you satisfied where you're at? Or, or would you pray with the same kind of prayer that Jabez prayed? Almighty God, extend the borders of my influence, of my territory. Help me make a difference for you, Almighty God. Bless me so I can be a blessing to others until you and me see each other face to face. That's what he's talking about here. He says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, this is God's word. Keep on asking, and you will be given what you ask for. How long should you pray about things? Who said that? Until. Until God does what he said he's going to do. Because there's a timing deal in the midst of all that. Keep on asking and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. That is a fantastic description of faith. Just like I believe you and I'm going to be faithful to you and I'm going to do what you told me to do. It's your business how you're going to hold your end of the bargain up. But God has always been faithful 100% of the time. Verse 8 says, for everyone. What percentage is everyone? 100% for everyone who asks, does what? Receives. And everyone, what percentage is this everyone? 100% everyone who seeks finds. And the door is open to, here's that word again, everyone. What percentage is that? And the door will be open to everyone who knocks. You know, thought it would be fixed by now. You know what? I'm sure God's just working that thing together because somebody probably fell asleep and they just need to be woke up or something, you know. So he says here, you parents, if your children got hungry and they asked for a loaf of bread, what's it say? Would you do what? Would you give them a stone? Oh, you hungry? Here you go. Here's you something to eat, honey. Would you give your kid a stone? Mama, I'm so hungry. Would you throw him a throw him a stone? Well, what about a pretty stone? It kind of looks like a donut without a hole. But the Bible says, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a serpent? Oh! It's rubber. I actually put that in my garden because he scares the birds away. 
and the chipmunks that tries to get in there. And they go, ah, snake, and they run away. He says here, if your kids, verse 10, ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. If, you're, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? It's okay to ask for blessings upon your household. It's okay to ask for blessings upon your children. It's okay. He wants, he wants to answer your prayers. And he's just giving, hey, there's all kinds of keys right here. These keys, all these keys here unlock so many blessings that flow to you, flows to your children, flows to your neighbors, flows to your friends, and all, even flows to your enemies. Bless them. That's what the Bible tells us to do there. Now, let's see, uh, where was I at? Oh, he said... You know, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? Now, Jabez, you remember him, old little boy named Misery? You remember Jabez? He was not afraid to ask God to bless him. He was, well, bless me and read about Jabez. He would ask God, please, bless me indeed and expand the borders of my territory. Bless me, almighty God, that I will sense your presence. Bless me, O God, and, and heal me when I need your healing power. Almighty God, bless me and forgive all my sins. And bless me, almighty God, and correct me when I go the wrong way. Bless me, almighty God, and everything that I touch. And he, he was not bashful. And the Bible teaches us to pray that way. That's pretty selfish. Oh, Really? Your mama comes and says, well, you just tell me when you're hungry, what would you like to eat for supper today? Well, mama, I'd like some hamburgers and some french fries, and I'd like to have a chocolate Sunday afterwards. Well, I told you, tell me what you want, and it'll be there in just a couple of minutes. Is God less compassionate toward his children? Now, he doesn't want us just to become super selfish, but he wants to bless us. So if we can... Hey, Mama, can Jerry come over? Can he have some hamburgers with us and, and some, some ice cream? Sure. He wants to bless us so we can be a blessing to somebody else. Do we share the blessings of Almighty God when we offer him our time, our energy, and our resources? Here it is, God. Just use me however you want to. Anyhow, you remember in the Bible, the Bible says Jacob wrestled. Jacob wrestled with God. Does anybody know what Jacob was saying? He said, God, I'm not going to turn you loose until you bless me. He wanted a blessing from God, and God blessed him. He loves it when his children want a blessing from him. Not a selfish blessing, but so you can be a blessing to other people. That's what I'm talking about. What about you? Are you ever bold and said, God, bless me so I can do what you've called me to do? And you said this, that, and another. And almighty God, I want to live on the cutting edge. I know you're on the move right now throughout our planet right now. You're on the move, and I want to be on the cutting edge of what you're doing. Bless me, almighty God, and give me the resources. I can bless those who don't have anything, and I can tell them how much you love them when I take them a bag of groceries. Bless me, almighty God, indeed, and expand the borders of my Influence. Are you confident enough in your relationship with God that you could ask him to bless you? When you get to know him, he's just like, come on, that's what I want to do. I want to bless you. That's what it says here. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10, it says, He, talking about Jabez, was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my lands, my influence here. Please be with me. And what's it say? What percentage is that? 100%. Please be with me in all that I do, almighty God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31, listen to what it says. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Question mark. Nobody can successfully be against you when God is for you. And you're praying to God, the angels circle. That's what it says. And when you worship him, he says, you're going to have the best. And when you're a tither, he says, God rebukes the devourer himself. And on and on, there are so many keys to unlock so many blessings that God pours out upon you. 
And we see that and if God is for us because we're faithful to him, the devil cannot successfully be against you. That's just the way it is. And so it says, please be with me in all I do and keep me from what kind of trouble? What percentage is all? Keep me from all trouble. Sometimes we overlook them little old words like that. Well, God wants you to have. He says, and keep me from all trouble and pain. And isn't that interesting? That's what his name meant. Jabez. It meant pain and sorrow and grief and misery. And he says here, keep me from all trouble and pain. That my life would become the opposite of what my name meant. Jabez in the Bible asked God to do this for him. And then it says, and it's just the last, oh, probably six words. Would you read them with me? And God granted him his request. Now, during this whole coronavirus, I wonder if maybe your dreams have been stolen away or they've been minimized or shrunk down. Uh, how could God do this, that, and another now? I couldn't get to finish my high school the way normal people do. I couldn't even have my wedding because of what's going on, and, and we had to postpone it to another year. I couldn't do this. And, and, and how many of you lost your dreams or you minimized them or you shrunk them down? I'm telling you, God wants you to have big dreams, and you don't base your dreams upon circumstances that are going around about us. God knows what's going on now. And he can take care of you, even if your name was called misery. He can take care of you, and he can bless your socks off, and he can bless the whole world through you like he did through Abraham. A man who had done something wonderful, and the king called him in, and he told him, you can mark off as much of the kingdom as you want, and it will become yours. Take a stick, draw a line around as much as you want in my kingdom, and it'll be yours. Sounds like a pretty good deal, don't it? Well, the man took his staff, and he traced a line in the dirt around himself. And the king watched as he finished and said, Is that all you want? <laughs> Just what's in the circle? And the man said, No, I want everything outside the circle. It's a pretty smart man. You know? Now, Susan asked me when I read that to her, she said, What did the king do? I didn't read the rest of the story. <laughs> I had to wait for another day to find that out. But what if you, and what if you and I, we drew a line around our little old self right now, and we said, Lord, I claim all the territory, like Jabez, expand the borders of my territory, Almighty God. Beyond this place. Let me ask you, are you looking beyond what you're living in and living with and doing right now? Are you looking beyond say, God? I, I just want to claim for you that every man, woman, boy, and girl in my community and if, in my state and in my nation, my world, I want every man, woman, boy, and girl to know you in a personal way. That's what I want. That's what I'm asking for. Everything outside this little circle. Because what's in this What's in the middle of this circle is all yours. Here I am. I'm all yours. And I know you're moving throughout this world right now. And, and, and I want to be on the cutting edge of what you're doing. You know what I'm talking about. It says right here in Hebrews 4, and, and I'm done. Hebrews 4, 16 says, So let us come wimpily. Oh, I misread that. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace. That word means enabling power to help us when we need it. Come boldly to the throne of grace. God wants to bless you and he wants to bless you so much that you will be a blessing to all the people in your sphere of influence and you won't be a greedy kind of person but with your time, your energy, your resources, you will share and you'll tell them how much God loves them and they'll listen to you. When you help them buy that bag of groceries, you help them pay their light bill, you know, you just give them a shoulder that they can cry on for a little bit. And you, you bless them like God has blessed you. And what a difference this is going to make. And I want to tell you something. And I'm not 
ashamed to ask anymore because I'm starting to understand how this thing works because I didn't for a long time. But if you'll hit share on the messages when they come out, even this message, and you can hit share and send it to everybody you know. Did you know people hear the gospel? They hear the same thing you hear and saw me throwing rocks and all kinds of stuff like that, but they heard every scripture and, and they're challenging men and women, boys and girls, all over our state, all over our, our uh, nation, all over our world. When we share with somebody we got a connection with, somehow they hear the gospel. And it's just a little old tool that God has given us where he said go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We can do it right now and not even leave our home. That's just absolutely amazing. That's just evidence that we are living in the end times. Let's do our part to share the good news with the people who we can see and write them and text them and email them and, and you, you hit share. Is that the only thing you hit share? Y'all might know. Just push every button on your computer. Don't hit delete, though, okay? Anyhow, you know, we just kind of got a little foundation laid here, and I told them I'm going to try to shorten our time here, let you guys out a little bit, but I actually went over about, about five minutes already. But I want you to... Thank you. Well, you know, I want you to be about the business of the king. Read his word and apply it. Practice it. Let the light that's in you shine out. And when does the light shine the brightest? In the dark. And if our world gets dark, it's kind of dark already. The light of Jesus shines even brighter. It really does. Well, our time is up, and I would like to pray, and I want you to reaffirm your faith in Christ if you, don't, if you already know him. But if you don't know him, I want you to declare your faith right now. And all you guys watching at home, I want you to pray along with us and uh, let Christ come in. Let him change your life. Would you pray with me right now? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. And that's why you sent your son Jesus. I believe he died on the cross and gave his life for me. And I believe he rose from the dead. And that now he's knocking at the door of my heart. I, I welcome. I open the door and ask Jesus to come in as my Savior, as my King, as my Lord. Thank you for your pardon. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you pop up here with me real quick? Just another 60 seconds, we want to pray for you. Now, I'm going to pray first. And then if it goes more than 60 seconds, it'll be Susan's fault. <laughs> but what I want to do, if, if you have a need physically, if, if you have a, a need, you're sick or, or there's another kind of need, don't matter what it is, physical, spiritual, relational, if you got a need, I just want you to stand to your feet. We're going to pray for you right there. But if you've got a friend or a family member or a loved one who's got some needs and you want to stand in the gap for them, just stand. You ain't got to tell me what it is. God knows. But we're going to pray for you right now. Father, for God, I lift up my brothers and sisters who are in this building. Yes. And I lift up those who are watching online. And I ask you to bless them. Body, soul, and spirit. Meet yes. their needs according to your riches and glory. Almighty God, bless them, Father. Heal them, strengthen them, provide for them as you promised in your word you would do. And may they become a blessing for other people. Yes, Lord. Father, we thank you that you hear our prayers when we call upon you. And Father, you said to keep on asking. That's what and Lord, you said. And Lord, we just ask that you would bring healing, that you would bring wholeness. Yes, Father. To everyone, Lord, that those around us are praying for. Yes. Father, that you would restore relationships. Yes, Father. Father, that you would mend, Lord, the brokenhearted. And Father, we ask, Father, that you would provide for every need that is represented here. And Father, we also ask that you would bring restoration, renewal, revival to yes, our nation, Father God. God. Yes, Father, Father, we stand in the gap. And oh Lord, we just ask that you would give favor. Lord, as different things are happening right now in the yes. political realm, Father, that you would give favor and righteousness would prevail, oh Lord. Yes. 
Father, we just commit our nation to you. We commit the upcoming election to you. Yes, Papa. Father, we commit the confirmation of the new Supreme Court justice to you, yes, Father. Lord. We just commit all these things to you and ask for protection, Father, for all those that are standing for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.